Welcome to Val FA Stuttgart Americana, an American-based English language Val FA Stuttgart fan podcast reviews are unofficial, uninformed, usually unprepared. This is our 110th episode. My name is Travis. You can reach me at Hazelfish. You can reach us on Twitter at Val FA Americana. We don't have a website anymore because we're not paying the man to have a website <laughs> at all. Joining me again is Rob. Rob, you are our Mainz expert. You've only been on, this is your sixth episode, but in your history on the podcast, you have either covered or previewed a Mainz match four of those six times. I mean, what is it about Mainz the old <laughs> that brings you to this program? I have no idea how that is has worked out that way. It's it's kind of funny that it, that's been the way it's been because that's the only uh, match or arena I've actually been to in Germany is Mainz's arena. I've never seen a game in Stuttgart. I've never seen a game uh, anywhere but uh, but at Mainz. Well, you heard it here, folks. He is Mr. Mines. <laughs> All right, let's do some shout-outs here in part one. Uh, Valpe Bango, Kevin Hagen did a great job today on the or yesterday on the notes today as we record the Sunday on the match. Uh, he almost got it, but missed out on Fabian Volgamut. Uh, pod predictions. I finally won a week, but Jeff overtook Austin. Jeff went four and five and now has a record of 94 wins to 90 losses. So he's winning there. Uh, the Valby Frauen signed Dafina Redzippi of Hoffenheim, so they're bolstering their roster for when the league starts up again in March. Rob, this is one of our favorite new segments, the shout-out for the Valby Shop. So they've got a bunch of new items. They've got some beige workout gear, which beige is a color, I guess. They've got a baby Fritzel plush, which who doesn't love Fritzel? <laughs> and then they've got a Valby scarf hoodie thing with a very yeah. interesting fellow uh, model. I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's got a lot going on there. So anything at the Val B shop that's kind of sparking your interest of or any of those three things? How do you look in beige? The uh, I don't have a lot of beige. You guys, you know, you guys don't do video, but uh, I'm definitely sporting a bright red flannel right now. <laughs> so <laughs> not a lot of beige in the wardrobe. Most of my flannels are are relatively bright colors if they're not a you know a dark green. So you got you've got the cabbage shirt on. Yeah, at some point we'll have to uh, get the old YouTube channel going so they can see you in your, I don't know, yeah. tractor hat and your flannel and, <laughs> and me and my ridiculous amounts of uh, Stuttgart gear here. So, yeah, we got that going for us. So anything at the shop you're looking to get, if they had a Valpy flannel, would you be all over that? Uh, if there was a Valpy flannel, I definitely would wear it. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen one in the entire time. The beige stuff, uh, not my thing. Mm. It's, it's, it's a weird beige, too. Like, it's not the take over every single house in America off white beige. It's more of a brownie beige. And I don't know if I'm a big fan of that. The little, little plush guy is pretty sweet looking though, but I don't know if go. I could pay, you know, 15 euros on a 15 euro price, a uh, little plush thing to actually order it and bring it over to the States. <laughs> I just like the image of Rob in his flannel in Wisconsin, being a man, <laughs> snuggling up the baby Fritzel there. So that be, it does have the, the old uh, Zudmilk uh, logo with the Bruce string though. So it's a pretty decent looking little guy. <laughs> that is a, that is a favorite for sure. But, uh, former Val Bears, while he played 20 minutes, Juan played 40 minutes, OFC fantasy, uh, didn't get the results at the recording of this. I'm sure I did awful as usual. OFC Tipspiel Peter from Valpy Omaha won his sixth week. He's in second place with K Guy, and Stefan is still in the lead with that one. Um, Rob, I was thinking about starting a new part of the segment too. Pod beverages. Are you having anything to keep yourself hydrated for this episode? Spindrift. <laughs> Ooh. What we is the become, uh, we've become a spindrift household here? The Costco three pack with uh, you know lemon 
lime and grapefruit. I won't touch the grapefruit because it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other two, they get uh, drank like water around here because our oh, water right. tastes like a swamp. I'm trying a bourbon barrel quad. That's way better than what I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, let's see what the ape. Oh boy, the APV on this is 12.2. So by the end of this episode, I should be in pretty good shape. <laughs> I mean, I've got scotch in reach. I can join you <laughs> at, at the break here if I go get a proper glass. <laughs> well, we do have to raise our glasses because the guys won their match. Uh, so the OFC man of the match, I'll tell you that who that was in a moment. But uh, who was your man of the match? Are we talking Pokal match or are we talking Mainz? Let's stay positive and talk Mainz. All right, Mainz. I went with Stiller. Uh, I thought he was all over the place, but there wasn't a really obvious one today. A lot of the man of the match ones, they, you know, the, the email or the Discord pops in. I go, yep, obvious, click, click, done. Add a little snarky <laughs> comment usually of some sort uh, in the comments it. section. <laughs> but uh, today I didn't really have anybody that I felt was really a, a super standout of the group. It was a little bit of a, a thought of who, who do I want to pick, but still are just, uh, you know, doing his thing. They're dominating the midfield, winning the ball back and, mm-hmm. and uh, a couple of really decent passes uh, to get things rolling around too. So that that's who I went with on the actual voting thing, but it wasn't wasn't well inspired today. It was a really a decent team game. I thought things were spread around quite a bit. I voted the same as you did. Uh, part of it could have been because the announcers were giving him a lot of love. He's just that quick passing that he has to get everything started. We've talked about it before. It's bonkers how this guy can't find a role on any other team but a Sebastian Honus team. He's just been I'm not so sad steady. by that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But it was Maxi Middlestad or Maxi Fiddlesticks, as uh, Dave calls him in the States here. Hard to say no to Maxi. He played some great defense, played some good offense, got that goal to get us going. So why don't we do it? Let's dive in to the match itself. All right, Rob. So we got two matches to talk about. Uh, we're going to briefly talk about the Pokal one because uh, we ended up losing that one. So no point dwelling on that, but a couple of quick talking points. It was first place versus third place. The Pokal quarters, unfortunately, ended similar to last year where it was just a disappointing end on a controversial call with the same official as it turned out. So a couple of talking points here. We played head-to-head with the best ter- team in Germany that rolled Bayern Munich this weekend, three to nothing. It was funny because after the match, Dennis Undav said that this was a match of the two best teams in Germany. He got trolled quite a bit from Bayern fans because they're like, wait a minute, how are you the two best teams in Germany? You guys are in third place. Plus, we rolled you guys, which is all fair points. I thought this was just like over the top. Give it a break. It reminds me of when they interview a boxer after 12 rounds or they interview an MMA fighter (laughs) after three rounds. You're like, this guy is clearly exhausted. Nothing he says is thought out at this point. And he probably doesn't remember what he's saying. So in the heat of the moment, the emotion, I could see what Dennis was saying. But it was funny that after the Bayern match on Saturday, you're like, maybe he uh, knows a little bit more than what he's saying. Yeah, it, uh, it was it was a decent match back and forth the whole time. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to argue much with Lindov after watching what happened to uh, Bayern over Bayer beating Bayern uh, <laughs> there. It was uh, quite a quite a thing, and I think uh, Matt posted in in one of the things we're all in. He posted Mueller's interview afterwards, and mm. you can see how pissed Mueller is, downright yelling, uh, not at the interviewer, but just about the game in general while he's getting interviewed. Mm. Um, and it's always fun to listen to him talk because his accent is just <laughs> absurd. I can't even <laughs> echo the way he says "trainer" uh, with with the thick Bavarian accent, but it was. 
they, they just got themselves completely dominated uh, by them. So I don't feel bad for how we performed in the midweek. You know, would I have wanted it to have gone differently? Sure. But it was close. It was back and forth. And, you know, losing on a, a last minute goal like that sucks. But uh, it, it is what it is. And I, I'm I'm not sad we're out given some of the injury trouble we've got. But at the same time, it appears that we've got some depth to actually be able to play both sets of games, given how much the lineup has changed uh, between that game and, and the game today. Yeah, I, I find it funny that Bayern is so insecure that they have to go after a random guy from Stuttgart <laughs> who is kind of just making a comment like that. It reminds me of the new England Patriots when they were really good, like no call could go against them without it being a national issue. Oh, um, I live in Wisconsin. The Packers have never done anything wrong in any game I've ever watched according to anyone around here. So, right. so I is, feel that pain. <laughs> it is fun to watch them crumble just a little bit, even though they're right. They, they rolled us when we played them last time. But the thing that I do want to talk about is even though you and I were talking before we recorded that, I thought it was Bayer Leverkusen deserved the poke out win. If you look at the stats, you look at everything like that. Uh, they deserved it. I wish we would have won it. I love the poke out. This was our chance at a trophy. But I am going to bring up the one thing that got Stuart supporters upset, probably more so as the match was over and the days went on. So Andrich from Bayer Leverkusen fouled or did not Enzo Milo. He was already on a yellow card. And so many of us were like, whoa, that's at least a foul, but it wasn't. That's at least another yellow because he stamped down on his foot and it wasn't. It should have been, in our minds, a red card. And at that point, we were up a goal and we could have been up 10 men. What made it worse is that later that day, Manuel Grave, who is a former Bundesliga official who has been aged out. So in the Bundesliga, there is an age limit. And once you reach that, you're gone, which stinks because he was really, really good. Well, he has a Twitter account. And he'll throw out his reviews of certain officials. So this just came out hot. So here's what he said, quote, justified criticism from Honus, clear stamping in the foot area, yellow, red. Why didn't Schlager whistle at all? Mistakes this season, last season, he's a badner, unnecessary again. What I love about this is he's not only going after what he did last year, because he was the official in the match last year when we lost to Frankfurt on a no hand penalty uh, call at the end of it. He also goes to the fact that uh, he's from Baden, which makes him uh, somewhat biased in his officiating. And somebody asked him that on Twitter. He's like, uh, are you really saying this? And he put his cards on. He's like, yep, if you look at the history, it's not good for this guy. I thought that was pretty wild. It made me a little bit more bombed as the week went on. Um, comments on Manuel, comments on Schlager, who didn't make the call, uh, it's I, I didn't see it. I guess like sort of before we started recording as I was watching in the office and I don't remember seeing the call. And that's you know, because I'm watching on the size of an iPhone well uh <laughs> <laughs> well getting other work done. Stupid midweek matches always suck for that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh but it, it does amaze me that another former ref is calling out a, a current ref for a, a bias based on, you know, hometown, home region or whatever. You know, one of the things that I think folks that ref tend to pride themselves on is being unbiased when it comes to things like that. So to hear another professional ref call them out like that is is super interesting to me. I'd be curious to know, you know, what what the actual kind of stats look like that led them to that because it's definitely not a a normal thing, you know, for a ref to call another ref out like that in yeah. that way. That felt kind of interesting to hear for sure. Yeah, and then uh, Andrich came back and scored the goal that ended up being the tying goal. So what could have been and all that stuff. Would he have been off before the tying goal? When was the actual foul for the yeah, second yellow? Yeah, it would have been. Okay. So Schuyler was up one nothing. He had already had an early yellow card. Um, 
if you look at it in real time, you're like, whoa, this is doesn't look good. And then um, he did that thing that defenders sometimes do where he waves his finger like, no, 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 that's not on me. Sure. <laughs> and when you see it in slow-mo, and I think that's where some people gave Schlager a bit of a pass is, listen, in real time, okay, it looked bad, but you could you could almost say, okay, I get why he didn't call anything. Um, but where VAR did not intervene, I think a lot of people are like, wait a minute, this is a clear, his foot is on top of Enzo's foot. Enzo folds over like an accordion. I mean, he was hurt and nothing was called, but at the same time, that's, uh, the weekend before that, one of the players for the team that we played, their striker was kicked straight in the face in the penalty box, broke his nose, had to wear a mask today against Union Berlin, and they didn't even call oh. a foul, let alone a penalty. So I've heard that the referees in Germany aren't that great. I don't want to say this is a bias thing because I think Bayer deserved the win no matter what. But it is kind of bizarre how Manuel is like, you guys stink. <laughs> and I used to be <laughs> Yeah, it's it's always interesting with that. I mean, I've I've never refed at that super high of a level, but I've refed all my life. I grew up refing soccer games. I, I ref, you know, other couple other sports around here and did did line judging and volleyball and that stuff. So I've been yelled at by, you know, players, fans, whatever. You get accused of it. And you kind of just not gotta not let it go to your head when you're refing. Part of it that's being a ref, right? The games don't work if they're not there, for one thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they're an important part. But yeah, it'd be it, him coming out and calling out another professional in that way i mean is it just for the twitter clicks you know is he getting some engagement on it certainly um but uh you know most folks are are gonna be spouting an opinion that they can try to back up at least a little bit so it, it's definitely interesting to watch it you know unfortunate that it doesn't go that way because you know playing against 10 is always a huge advantage yep. you know when it comes to a, a soccer game so it, it's unfortunate that we didn't get it that way but like I said, I'm, I'm sad we're out of the Pokal, but I'm at the same time, I'm not. We've got a bunch of people hurt. Let's us focus on what's important is staying consistent in the, in the Bundesliga standings for the rest of the year. Yeah, my only story about this is that when I was in high school as a senior, uh, we had a ref who didn't show up for an away match. And so our coach had to be the official. And it sure. was only yellow card on the road I got that year. <laughs> my own From your own coach? Nice. For descent against my own coach. <laughs> I got a yellow card. So I disagree. The refs don't have to be there, Rob. You guys yeah. are not. <laughs> well, let's talk about the match that we want to talk about, right? Let's get back on the happy train here. So this was a trap game, right? It was third place us, and I still get goosebumps when I say that, versus right. 17th <laughs> place Mainz, okay? It was the early match today on Sunday as we record this. We played these guys 36 six times now we got 16 wins after today uh they had a makeup match against union berlin that they drew on wednesday so both clubs were a little tired they only had one road one win this season it was on the road it was a versus leipzig or they only had one win and it was versus leipzig of all people but they were second in the bundesliga and draw so i was a little worried uh that they were going to throw out that classic minds performance where they just played really physical and tough but I was confident going into this because it was like Sabre's coming back, Wu's coming back, we're going to be looking good. But as news broke about this match, Sabre wasn't going to start. Dennis was questionable because he was a little banged up after the Leverkusen match. And then Alex Nubel banged himself up during practice and wasn't going to play. I was still confident we could get a result, but I was concerned about those injuries as well as the emotional letdown of the Pokal match. What were your thoughts going into into this the, one? The majority of the first half was that, uh-oh, this is not going the way it's supposed to. And, you know, that trap match you're talking about is exactly that, right? 
you know, we weren't, we weren't exactly, uh, moving forward with the ball as well as we could. The mines had some decent chances and then we get into stoppage time and well, no more worries. <laughs> it was like the first time the protests came to our, our advantage there. Uh, so the 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 goals were i think some of the worst defending i've seen that we've got to play against this year i mean the uh middle stats goal the cross bounces in the box in the middle of three mines defenders and, and it, it, maxi looks like he's just surprised that he's actually got the ball and, and the time yeah, buries, yeah. yeah right he gets the ball you know i think he chested it to control it right and then uh takes it on the half volley and just buries it in the middle of the net, looking like he's been goal scoring for years, right? I mean, it's his second of the year, I think, and the first since a long time ago. But <laughs> that is some horrendous defending to let a cross get that clear through the entirety of the box like that. That's a coach's absolute nightmare because it's an easily solvable thing. Somebody needs to get just something on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then labeling's goal is, uh, you know, another nice one by him. Uh, he, I just wish he could get consistency in his finishing. He scores there, but he could have had more easily oh, had yeah. more had he has, if he would finish a little bit more clinically, if Jurassic gets the balls that leveling had the opportunity to, this one's a five to one win instead. Right. So right. Uh, that consistency needs to be there for him, but you know, he does put it nicely past the keeper there and then has a couple where, you know, you could tell there's some teammates frustrated because they could have been easily dropped over to someone in the box, but that first half felt, felt like we were in trouble. You know, and yeah, then again, it, uh, opened up. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> want to talk about that because the first 30 seconds, Dennis had a good chance, but hit it right at Zetner, their goalie. And then Chris had a breakaway, and all he had to do was tap it over to Enzo on his right hand yeah. side. Oh man, he, I hate I hate seeing somebody open in the middle like that. And I, it was I'm, I get being selfish, I get yeah. it, but man, just tap it over, and then someone yeah. else can just tap it in. And so at that point, you're kind of like, oh, man, maybe it's, this is one of those days because Mainz did have chances. You know, in the 20th minute, they had a really good chance. Uh, Bredlow looked a little bit rusty at times. In the 34th minute, they had another just great chance. Um, our defense played well enough. Obviously, I almost get the shutout in this one, 3-1. Um, Bredlow stepped up and played fine. But there is that concern on the free kicks and the corner kicks. I mean, we talked about it before with uh, – Daxo being out, we just can't police in the middle yeah. like we used to. Um, the, what helped us quite a bit, to be honest, is Mainz has one of the worst offenses in the league. They just they don't score goals, and you saw a couple chances they had today. They just didn't finish, and yep, maybe it's another. Sure. Team, they're able to put those away, but today, all the the whatever the first up, op- I think it was the, one of the first opportunities they had in the match where it it got crossed over to the guy on the back post, and he just fluffed it. Mm-hmm. The yeah, that's one that you know feels like a bit of a sitter, and and the ball just kind of like weirdly goes underneath his foot before he shoots it instead of getting <laughs> solid contact on it. Uh, and I think whoever was commenting mentioned it's a younger guy, right? Yeah. Uh, but that's one that should be finished. You know, the the one goal that does get scored is just because a York is ginormous and uh, is able to head the ball with a hell of a lot of force for how it came to him. That was a really well placed header. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm surprised they don't target him more, especially with you know us not having you know Daxo in there winning headers, like you said, right? But I don't feel like he was an aerial threat on any of their corners. The only one he had uh, where he had the opportunity to get a nice clean header was the one where he scored on that I yeah. remember. Yeah, that, that is a continuing you know just concern is how we can defend that stuff. And I, 
you saw uh, Valdi Anton kind of pull up lame a little bit towards the end of the second half. It looked like he was fine, but he was grabbing his hamstring. You're like, oh, God. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like to do that stuff. <laughs> no, because it, missing Dax already makes us pretty thin back there. And like you said, maybe it's a blessing in disguise to only have to worry about you know one match a weekend as opposed to, to two because of some of the injuries and all that stuff. The Let's talk about uh, Fabian Bredlo for a little bit because it looks like he may have to start next week against Darmstadt too. So after the match day, uh, Bill put out a report and Bill is always very trustworthy. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> that Alex Newbell might be a little bit more banged up than at first let on. So he's going to have to maybe sit against Darmstadt where we'll travel to next week. One, the schedule is in our favor as we'll talk about later. I mean, if we're going to miss some of these guys and we're going to have to work our way in, Doing it against the 17th and 18th place teams on the table. Yeah. Okay. I nice can little run of games for sure here. Yeah, I can I can live with that. So how did uh Fabian look to you today? I thought honestly, from a pure goalie standpoint, I thought he looked good. I like how decisive he is on crosses, which is what we liked instead of Florian Mueller last year when those two were were playing. I can definitely tell a difference in the way that he starts the offense, though. Now, part of it might have been rustiness because this dude hasn't played since May. But part of it, maybe that's where Alex's strength is because Sebastian's system is really requisite on the goalie starting the offense and then passing from the back and going through. And Fabian, I don't know if that's his skill set. Yeah, there's definitely a couple of spots there where it was a bit rough. I mean, he put uh, at least one or two outlet passes out of bounds which I don't know how often I've seen Newble do that at all this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he definitely feels a little bit shakier sometimes when getting the ball back you know, from Anton. His, his goalkeeping style, style is different, too. He comes out and punches stuff a lot more than it feels like Newble does, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a couple of spots where you know he came out. Now, he got, I think he got his hand on almost everyone he came out to do that way. And there's a couple where he you know, double-handed, forcefully just ejected the ball from the box, <laughs> right? Um, but he, he definitely is a different goalie. The, the shot stopping style, he doesn't tend to hold on to the ball. It feels as, as tight as Nubel does. Uh, there was one low shot where he bobbled it. And if, if Mainz is following up on that, maybe Mainz gets another goal there. Cause he bobbled it pretty badly in the box. Mm-hmm. Anton standing over top of him, you know, giving him a pat on the back when he collects it again, but it, it's not cleanly held, uh, like Nubel does. He did have one really good reactionary save where it literally looked like it went off the middle of his chest from the left-hand side or, mm. or the far side from the camera, right? Mm. Uh, I think it would be his right. but So he, he's definitely a different goalie. He's definitely a clear second in the team for a goalie. But I don't think he's a bad backup goalie to have. I, he's got quality there. His his speed of getting the ball out, like you said, and starting the offense seemed to be a little bit slower. And he doesn't vary it as much as, as Nubel. I feel like if I was to look at stats, and I'm completely going top off the cuff here, but I feel like Nubel varies it. There are some when it's it's a rollout to Anton to get things going, or you know mm-hmm. Stiller or Karazor coming back to collect. But every once in a while, he'll ping a ball downfield and hit you know Jirasi or somebody that can play some hold up play too and get the, the momentum going that way. It, it feels like. Uh, when uh, when we're seeing things today, it was mostly just balls that were you know rolled out. There there isn't a lot of that quick movement unless he's forced and under under pressure, and then that's where the ball went out a couple of times. So definitely a different personality back there, but one I don't mind having back there if Nubel has to be out. You I can see why they gave him a, a contract extension. I mean, yeah. the guy is a classic backup, and yep. he earned, he earned that extension today. 
All right. For sure. He got the win. He did enough to help them secure the win, especially like you said, that first half could have gone a different direction, you know, and he played well enough, just like we saw last year when he finally came in for Florian Mueller, the guy's a decent goalie. I mean, he's, he's not going to set the world on fire. I, I don't understand why I can see why Byron would want to hold on to Alex Newbell. Um, Alex Newbell seems to be a bit of a head case. <laughs> there seems to be some more there as to the relationship between him and Bayern Munich, which I don't hundred percent understand. I want him back next year. You know, I think he's played really well for us. So it was good to see Fabian get a chance. You always like the backup quarterback to come in and play well. If this isn't a case like in the NFL, we're like, maybe he should be our starter forever. Now this is a case <laughs> where, listen, if he has to play a couple times, all right, let's go with it. Cause he's, he's playing pretty well there. The other guy who's, you know, sometimes a backup, but today started was Pascal Stenzel. You know, my new best friend is, you know, I won a Stenzel jersey from <laughs> Austin, who's the Freiburg supporter. You know, Pascal used to play for them. Uh, I put out on the Twitter machine that the right side looked pretty weak for a while. That relationship between Stenzel and Jamie Leveling didn't look strong at all. And it looked like Mainz was attacking down that side too. And then all of a sudden, Stenzel Lino <laughs> shows up where he <laughs> ripping in some crosses whipping in some assists he's the first player for stuttgart since timo Werner back in 2013 2014 to have two assists in two different games over the course of the season put that in perspective that's well, it's pretty bonkers his first assist is th- that cross one like i said it shouldn't have got there to start with but he is just on a full-out sprint to the corner and just wails on it yeah. There's there's not a lot going on there. He he checks over his shoulder to see that there's somebody in the box to send it to, and he just sprints onto it and sends it. The second assist, though, that is a beautiful little chip ball over the defense to to leveling, and leveling does a good job pulling it back down too. But the the first one is just uh, I'm on a full sprint. The ball's about to go out. I'm gonna turn and wing this back into the box and see what <laughs> happens, and it works. <laughs> but no, he he had a really good game. It's it, it's nice to see him. Uh, do it well, and it's nice to see the offense be able to be varied a little bit from the you know perspective of it's not just coming from a full attack from uh, Fury and uh, Middlestadt coming down the side because that tends to be a, a lot of our offense, right? Not a bad thing. That side is wonderful to watch, but if you can get a little bit of mix in there and get some stuff coming out of the other side, there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's, that's that's awesome. That that's variance like- gives you options. It's like those old days when we had uh, Borna Sosa on the one side and we had Silas on the other side. And you yep. were strong both wings and they couldn't do much to stop it. So, yeah, it looked like they struggled to start, but they really kind of worked themselves into the match. I do want to give Jamie Leveling a little bit of love because I his finishing, yes, leaves a lot to be desired. But when he just goes on pure action and athleticism, this dude can put it away. And that's what you saw in that first goal. Whenever he had an opportunity to kind of think about it, that's where his brain kind of got in the way of it. Um, that goal he had was just a great athletic play to put it away. It's awesome to see him get that. Uh, I was really happy to see him start, though. I just I think he brings something different than what Joshua Bagnamon brings. And I like Joshua, but I just think Jamie is a bit of a different. He's a bit of a wild card. You don't know exactly what you're going to get. Uh, well, I should. You actually do know what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of chances that aren't going to be finished. Is what you're going to get. <laughs> but it was really awesome to see him put that away. Um, it's just wild how Jamie Leveling is playing this well. Maxi Middlestadt is getting, at least from the fan circles, talk of the national team, which I think is completely crazy. This is a guy who we got for 500 grand 
from a team that was relegated and might get relegated from the second division in her to Berlin. They're not playing well, but he comes to Stuttgart and all of a sudden people are like, yeah, he could play left back for the national team. You're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great to see the way he's just gone, gone nuts this year. I think as, in terms of all of our signings, he may be the steal of the year for that price and for the impact he's having and for the partnership he's developed with Fury. And the fun part of that is too, is they look relatively similar. So they get screwed up by the announcers constantly all the time. And anyone that's actually a fan of the team that watches games weekend and wake up is like, no, that's not the right one. No, it's like when they was Hiroki and Watoro, they would mess up Ito and Endo all the time. Yep. On Silas and Girasi get messed up all the time too. So <laughs> we got these like doppelganger packs uh, going on on the team that, that seem to always have a little bit of confusion for, for the folks calling the game. But that, that partnership down that side is just dangerous. The way those two overlap with each other and the understanding they seem to have is fantastic. It's wonderful to watch. You know, him bombing down. Just to you know, either you know, drop it to Furyk and then do a quick wall pass, or to Furyk to to make the run and do the the Aryan Robin style cut inside because he seems to <laughs> you know do that quite often. Uh, it it it's great to watch. I love watching that side of the field. And when the ball's there, you know something good and dynamic is coming, which is 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 fantastic. And the announcers brought it up in the episode today that you know the number of guys that Stuttgart lost, which we've talked about ad nauseum. But to think that Maxi Middlestadt of all people has made us go born a who it, it, right. it, yeah, he's not doesn't feel a lot like a loss honestly at this point which is something i did not think i was going to say at the start of the year yeah you use the word loss so let's jump into the final thoughts and reality here it was just a great i put on twitter that it was a clinical professional win it's like the guys didn't actually get that excited after the match or the goals it's like they're in this muted celebration thing yeah. and i don't know if it's because you know since dax left or because you know, the guys are still gone on Africa or Asia and they're all kind of coming back and whatever the case may be. But it was the type of win you would see a team that expects to be there put forward, which is not something that you and I are used to expecting. So nope. <laughs> let's talk about what happened over the course of the weekend. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen won, Bayern München lost, but those are clearly the one, two teams in the league. Uh, Dortmund beat Freiburg on Friday. So they're a few points behind uh, about us. But Leipzig and Frankfurt drew as did Hoffenheim so we're four points clear of fourth place at this point I believe and the announcers keep talking and, and actually save your answer for this because we do have a couple questions about the finishing on the table but our upcoming schedule Rob is this we just dispensed uh dispatched Mainz we've got Darmstadt next week on the road then we play a Cologne team that can't score goals a Wolfsburg team that might be firing Nico Kovac by that time Union Berlin who everybody knows their struggles then we got old friend Pellegrino, where we're at Hoffenheim. They don't play as well at home as they do on the road. And then we got Heidenheim at home, where they're a lot more susceptible. That's February and March. I mean, we've already taken care of Mainz, which I thought was huge, just to show that we are legit and things are serious. I mean, how good can this team be after the next two months? Are you pinching yourself at this point or what? It's... It's a you know the play the of the bottom three three in a row should be nine points right there there shouldn't be that should be the expectation like you said the celebrations felt a little muted you know watching them go up to the fans uh, you know it was there wasn't the emotion around it like there usually is because we're a team that expects to win which is still a little bit of the mind blowing <laughs> you know motion here for the folks that you can't see it but 
it, it's it's not what we're used to, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, the thing the thing I put out um, is that we're good. I mean, yeah, it, we're good, it's attractive, that- good too. It's not just it's not bark the bus counterattack. It's 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 playing with possession. It's breaking down teams, and I, I honestly feel like that's the biggest change over the last few years from a Stuttgart team is that we would try to play this possession style before, but what we couldn't do is get that final third breakdown of a, of a team that we're out possessing. We just wouldn't have that. Something would break. We'd not clinically finish in front of the net and suddenly we're down two goals and it's a loss. And here we are down at the bottom of the table this year. We're playing that possession based soccer that, you know, is is pretty to watch. It's fun to watch because you're not just sitting there under siege waiting for a counter to break on, which is is fun in its own way. But I don't think we've scored a lot of goals on counters this year. Most of our goals come from a, a breakdown, a possession-based breakdown of the opposing team mm-hmm. because we're dominating in, in ball control and ball recovery. We get the ball back relatively quick, it feels like. We don't let the other team play with it a ton. There's not that that nervousness of... of uh, you know, knowing that someone's going to break us down on the counter because we recover well and we got folks that can win the ball back quickly. It's super refreshing and it's super fun to watch. <laughs> what I liked was that we didn't play well the first 20, 30 minutes. This no, match. Like, you and I thought, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't that well. And then actually the last 20 minutes of the match, it was almost like both sides were like, all right, let's just finish this. We know yeah. it's like Mainz was like, yeah, we're going to try, but we know we're not going to win. And Stuttgart's like, yeah, we're up. We know. Yeah, whatever. But we did not start this match well. And then all of a sudden, boom, boom, Maxi, Jamie, it's over. And I think that's what's so different for being a Stuttgart supporter is that that's what used to happen to us, where we would play really well for 20 minutes, and then all of a sudden something bad would happen, and the game is over. We flipped the script on this. Um, Honus only has one loss at home. During his tenure, I believe he's got something like nine or 10 wins and four draws or something like that. I mean, it is awesome to see MHP Arena, Mercedes Benz Arena, Ken Shutter Curve, whatever you want to call it, just be a fortress again. I mean, kudos to Honus, kudos to the home support, kudos to the guys. It's just all coming up Val B at this point. Yeah, and it's not even full yet. When do we get to open up that last uh, the last bit of stands? That's got to be coming soon from what a couple of things I've read, right? There's not much left, um, but the, it can get louder, which is the best part, right? <laughs> no, no. All right, speak louder. We're going to get louder in our next segment. We got some news, headlines, and questions coming up. Rob, I think it's a hydration break. What do you think? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, I'll meet you on the flip side. Sounds good. Is that what kids say, flip side? I don't know. I'm not a kid anymore. Ha, 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 ha.